Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Road to Revolution podcast, my journey with Lincoln Park. I am your host, Billy Artiello, and welcome back once again. Um, today's going to be a double episode, and I don't mean it's going to be twice as long. I just mean we're going to talk about two shows because um, both of them together will make up probably the length of a full episode just because one of them, I don't remember a ton about the show. Um, not to say it was a bad show, but this is the one issue you run into when you do multiple shows from the same tour, unless something extraordinary happens like Jay-Z comes out or a fan gets brought up on stage to play guitar. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, yeah, a lot of these shows just kind of, uh, become the same, um, to talk about. Um, you know, the memories are great and, and be going to them was awesome. And I loved going to see all these shows, but, um, when you're doing a podcast about it, just talk about the same show from the same tour over and over it can get repetitive. And I understand that. So, um, I'm going to mash these two together into one episode. So it'll be a little bit, uh, shorter probably than a normal episode, but that's why we'll talk about two of them. So let's jump right in. Uh, we are jumping into the third show that I went to on the Project Revolution 2004 tour. That was in the summer um, of 04. And this one was from the uh, Meadows Music Theater in Hartford, Connecticut. I uh, drove up there with my buddy Pete, who uh, we were both in bands at the time. I was in a band called Pyromyth. He was in a band called Undermine X. Uh, we're both guitarists. Pete is an incredible guitarist, by the way. Um, who, side story completely, um, Pete went on to do a, a bunch of really awesome things musically, uh, and he's a great guy as well, but um, a couple of years ago, I went back home to New York, and my friends and I in Pyromyth, we decided to do a reunion show, um, because it was the 10th anniversary of our old guitarist's uh, passing, uh, Chris, so we decided um, to do a show uh, in conjunction with um, Chris's brother, um, Brian every year would do like a, an event of like performances and uh, poetry and spoken word and all different things in memory of Chris. It was called an invitation to watch the sunrise. So for this one, for the 10th anniversary of Chris's passing, um, we were able to put it together where we, we were going to perform. And it'd be our first performance as a band with the original lineup since God, 2003. 2002 i don't i honestly don't even know um but it was really cool to have us all together like that um and pete joined us to to fill out the group because having two guitars in that group was a lot of fun and um pete knew and loved chris as well um so it was great to have have pete be involved in that so that's pete um so back to the show uh pete went with me up there we drove up um, I believe it was a Sunday, uh, and this was the day after the last show, uh, the, the one with Jay-Z, so I was still exhausted, you know, because I was driving to these shows and then driving back home to New York um, right after, and then the next day waking up early and doing it all again, so I was, you know, these were taking a lot out of me, both in gas money, toll money, and just sleep, but they were so worth it. Um, this show, um, oddly enough, there's not a lot about this show online in terms of like set list information and things like that. But based on other shows, it's safe to assume that the set list for this was the same as it was for Boston. And then the same as it w uh, was for the New York show. We're going to talk about in the second half of this episode, but, um, things of note from this show. Um, I, I did get another meet and greet at this show. Um, 
And this one, I got the Product Revolution tour poster signed. And I, I thought it was the second Lincoln Park poster I had signed. If you remember from a previous episode, I got a poster signed in 03 at the Summer Sanitarium Tour in New Jersey. Now, luckily, I had somebody there in the stands who was more than gracious enough to take the poster and just give it to me later. But this one, um, you know, I didn't have anybody else. And granted, I was with Pete, and we, but we had seats. And um, I didn't realize how annoying it was to suddenly be responsible for a poster during a rock show. Because even though you're at seats, you don't want to put it on the floor because you don't want to get stepped on or someone spear beer or water or food on it. And of course, now it's signed, so I definitely don't want any of that to happen to it. So I'm like watching out for it. I don't want to squish it or anything like that. So I'm holding on to it the whole time. And of course, it's the end of July in the Northeast, so it's hot. So even when I got it home, it was in mostly good condition. But, you know, some of the edges were a little wrinkly from my hands being sweaty from holding on to it all night. But got it home in one piece. It sat on my wall for years. Uh, sadly, uh, this is one of the posters I did lose in Hurricane Sandy back in 2012. Uh, I lost a ton of great posters in that, which was a bummer. I like stuff signed by Lincoln Park. Um the Saw guys, uh, James Wan and Lee One L. I have a Saw Two poster signed by them that I, uh, I think, got destroyed by the the flooding from Hurricane Sandy. Um, a poster signed by the Super Troopers guys, Broken Lizard, that was gone. Um, all sorts of stuff, a bunch of Broadway stuff too, like just all sorts of stuff just gone, which sucks. But the you know the memories, and that's as I've said many times, is why I do this show um, to preserve those memories. So you know um, these are going to live on in the cloud and and everything forever, ideally. Um, so it doesn't matter if there's a flood or anything, these should be somewhere, whether it's my hard drive or the cloud backup service I use or the podcast servers that people have them on, whatever it is, these should be around, which is good. Um, but I digress yet again. Um, yeah, I was l- luckily to keep that poster safe, um, until we got it back home, which was great. Um, and I don't really remember much else about that show which i feel like it's kind of a bummer we're like five minutes into this episode i'm like oh all right that's the that's the connecticut show but that was it um i'm not 100 percent sure if at what point during this tour bert from the used started coming out with them but um it might have been here it might have been later on um, but bert would come out and do uh the screaming at the end of faint uh which was really really cool um but yeah, so that's it for Connecticut on July 31st. Um, and then we had a break. We had a nice little break. Um, on the first, that was that Monday, it was actually my sister's birthday. So I was at home. Um, I feel like I was actually on tour. and all, I was just driving to these places and going home. So it wasn't like I was away all the time. But it was nice. I kind of got to be home for a day. And uh, we had a birthday party for my sister, which was nice. And, and just nice to be at home and not going nuts driving a couple hours in each direction for a show um you know because on this tour any i i would range anywhere from you know four hours round trip to eight hours round trip uh to get to these shows which was absolutely insane but worth it um but that day off in in between because it's the first day off since the beginning of these shows for me i did friday saturday and sunday uh boston jersey connecticut so by monday i was wrecked I was just, I slept a good chunk of that day. And then we had the birthday party for my sister, which was nice. But then uh, Tuesday rolls around and this is uh, the next show we're going to talk about. This was August 2nd, 2004. And it was at the Jones Beach Amphitheater. So home turf. 
uh, you know, about half an hour, 45 minutes from my mom's house where I lived at the time. And, um, I love Jones Beach. Jones Beach is such a great venue. And this is actually my first time seeing them there. Um, I believe Lincoln Park only played there once. No, actually, no, that's a lie. I'm a liar. I'd seen them there um, three years earlier um, as done on this podcast previously. Uh, that was the big day off show. So ignore me. I'm, I'm wrong. Um, so it was my second time seeing them at Jones Beach. Uh, I believe the third time they'd ever played Jones Beach. Um, and... Now, this one, I I attended with uh, my best friend, Stolas, and uh, my, my dear buddy, Javier, who um, we'd gone to a, a show together earlier in the summer, and um, I, I gave them some shit because I never wanted to be late for shows. I hated being late for shows because I wanted to make sure I saw all the bands, and I didn't miss anybody I really wanted to see. So earlier in the summer, Stolas, Javier, and my friend, Michelle, who's like a sister to me, uh, we had went and seen uh, Evanescence, Seether, Breaking Benjamin, and Three Days Grace. And I had bought the tickets, and I saw all of them the day before the show, and I said, hey, here, here are your tickets. And I looked specifically at Javier, because Javier was the one that would always be late to things. I love him, but he would always be late to things. Um, I think he, he was even late or didn't even make it to my high school graduation because he was late, woke up late or left the house late or whatever it was. He just didn't make it, uh, which is fine. I don't care. But for the show, I was like, dude, don't be late uh, or don't hold me up. Like I need to see Breaking Benjamin. I hadn't seen them. I'd seen them once before, but I hadn't seen them since the new album came out. And I was like, I was so into them at that time. So I was like, don't make me late. So I was like, I'm going to give you your ticket so you can get there wherever you want, but I'm going to be there on time. He said, okay, okay, okay. So the next day, Javier gets there on time and me, Stolas, and Michelle sit in traffic for a while on the Grand Central Parkway. And uh, we miss Breaking Benjamin. And we get there about halfway through Three Days Grace, uh, which is a bit of a bummer. So um, this is the second show I'd been to with Javier and Stolas. Um, third show at Stolas. We had seen No Doubt and Blink-182 at the same venue a few months earlier. And uh, I actually didn't sit with them for this show. Reason being, I had bought a pair of tickets. I think it was just going to be me and Javier at first. Um, or me and Stolz, I can't remember. And and then, given the awesomeness of being up front for a couple of these shows, I was like, i got to see if I can get a better ticket. Because we, we weren't far back, but they were not as close as I'd like to be. Um, so, I look online and I find a ticket in the third row, like on the right side of the crowd, like super close. It's like, all right, don't, you know, sure. Why not? I still have some graduation money left. So I bought that ticket. It wasn't super overpriced. It was like a $50 ticket that I maybe paid like 75 or 80 bucks for. So I was like, cool, done. So we didn't sit together for this show. And when I found out I got that other ticket, that's when I was able to say uh, to one of them, whoever wasn't going originally, I said, Hey, do you want to go to the show? I have a two, I have an extra. So you two would sit together and I would sit in the third row. And they say, yeah, we'll go. So I get there and I have a meet and greet. Now you might be wondering if you're familiar with the Lincoln park meet and greet system from back in the early two thousands, how did I get that? Cause they were one per account. Well, I made a couple of accounts and I had meet and greets legit meet and greets for um, Jersey, which is the one with Jay-Z, and then Hartford, which is the one in Connecticut the day before the show, uh, two days before the show. 
But this one, I started to notice that they weren't looking at the numbers on the passes that they had a stamped date on it that would say, you know, the date for that venue. They didn't have that. And it would, you know, they were really just kind of making sure you had a pass. So I said, you know, what? let me try something. So I brought my meet and greet pass from Connecticut. And I was able to get into the meet and greet. I just stuck it on my shirt again. And they didn't even look at the number or anything on it. They just let me right in. So I was able to meet the band again. Um, and I don't even remember what I got signed at this show. Uh, maybe it was something for somebody else. Because um, at that point, I had a bunch of signed stuff. I don't think I needed any more. Um, uh, maybe it was the program. I don't know. There was a show program. It might have been the program, actually. Uh, I don't remember fully, though. Um, but uh, like as I mentioned, the set list um, is the same from uh, this one. There is documentation of. So the set list was the same from Boston and for most of the rest of the tour. Um, but that one's pretty much it. Um, like I said, these two I mashed together because there's not a lot to these shows. Um, actually, there is one little cool story about this show. As far back as I can remember, this was the first show where Chester pointed me out in the crowd and remembered me. And like, uh, I was in the third row, so I was definitely an eye shot of the stage. I remember just rocking out and screaming my lungs out along to the song lyrics and just going nuts and having a great time. And I remember, it might have been during Paper Cut, um, he looked at me and he saw me going nuts and he pointed at me like kind of that like that smile and nod like, hey, I, you know, I, I see you like I, I recognize you, um, which was cool because going to a couple of these shows and now I'd met him a few times over the past week and being front uh, near the front row for a couple of them. Um, it was cool to kind of get recognized like that because I, I'd met the band plenty of times up until that point, but I'd never had them remember me or recognize me. So to have uh, Chester do that, I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like I was, I was on cloud nine. Um, this is coming from a kid who three years earlier um, had gotten backstage at a Lincoln park show at Jones beach and had these delusions that, Oh, Hey, they're gonna, they're gonna see him like, Hey, do you want to play guitar with us? And I'd be like, yeah, I do. And I was, well, I was one, So I was 15 at the time. So, Clearly, my 15-year-old brain had these delusions of grandeur um, going into that show. But they weren't all that far off. And I will talk more about that on next week's episode. That's right. That's a cliffhanger. We're going to just dangle that little bit of bait in front of you before uh, we tell that story next week. In, in all honesty, the story I tell for next week's episode is the reason I'm probably doing this podcast because I tell this story so much and I love telling it because it's the greatest moment of my life. So uh, I'm going to leave it there for right now because like uh, we got a, we got about 15, 16 minutes out of this one. So way more than I thought we would out of these two uh, smaller shows, but that's going to do it for right now. So until next week, I uh, thank you so much for joining me on my road to revolution. My name is Billy. Have a great day.